Welcome to the Imperfect Professional Podcast, where we have real conversations about what it looks like to run a business that fits your lifestyle. We're here to ditch perfectionism and comparison and instead create our own rules about what a perfect business looks like. I'm Shana Nacion and I'm your host. Join me and our amazing guests from all around the world for some real talk about identity, mindset, and authenticity in the small business world. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I'm super excited here today. If we haven't met yet, I'm Shana and I am the CEO of Shana Nacion Design. I started this podcast basically just because I wanted to have really great conversations with friends about what it means to run a brand that's aligned with who you are as a person. So today we have Xanthi from OCR Creative. She's the CEO and creative director, and they are amazing. They have an entire creative agency and their philosophy is really fascinating. So I'm super excited to dive right in, but I will let Xanthi take it from here. How are you doing today? I am well. I'm well. Thank you so much for having me on here. As you mentioned, yeah, so I'm CEO and creative director at Sierra, but also co-founder. So we began this business with my husband, Frank. And when we first started to where we are now, this has been quite a journey, a lot of changes, a lot of really exciting shifts in the way that we operate our business and the type of people that we connect with and work with and even just, you know, our location and all that stuff. So I think we're going to get into some really cool things today. But how am I? That's a good question. That's a good question. It's a bit of a wild season. We are admit, you know, in between Thanksgiving and the upcoming holiday, the new year. So definitely a really important time of reflection. How are you, Shana? How are we finding you today? We are finding me in a bit of a panic today, but I am looking forward to talking with you so I can, you know, kind of re recenter my day and have something nice to just ease into the rest of the evening. So yeah, <laughs> that's how I'm doing. I love it. Here for that. Here for that. So I've been meaning to ask you guys, because the thing that drew me to your guys' brand, and I've been following you on social media for ages, basically, but I think I've been following you guys since you did that Instagram engagement challenge. And that was, what, like two years ago now? Something like that. Yeah, it will be two years in January, which is absolutely bananas. That's so funny that you brought that up. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. And so like, What I love about your guys' brand is that you're really willing to be open and like just have honest conversations about maybe not doing things the same way as everybody else. It's not so much that we are these like rebels and we're going to challenge the status quo. It's just kind of honest in the way that you do that. And I loved your post from I think it was like two days ago where you were like, you know what? I'm just going to talk about social media and it's not my favorite right now, but here's some pictures from the last time we went to the beach. And I was like, I love that so much. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel like that is kind of the through line? Because I know you guys have really changed a lot in your business and we'll get into that in a second. But do you feel like that is kind of the through line through all of this that you are still trying to kind of have that same vibe? I think in some ways, yes. I mean, I think when we talk about like how we started versus how it's going, there are certainly through lines in the the reasons why we started and the things that we kind of like, I guess like the messaging and the conversations that we were having when we first started. But I think definitely like any new business owner, when we first started our business, we were not, we were not super confident to challenge the industry standard or to step in front of what that sameness that we were seeing in the industry And I think that's something that definitely we've grown into and started to recognize that like things feel better when we're having conversations that we really care about. And that's not always going to be the same conversations everybody else Mm -hmm. having. And I think that's really, yeah, I think it's really been more of an evolution. Um, I think it was always within us. We all, we kind of had that outspoken personality and maybe we were having those conversations, you know, behind closed doors from the beginning, but in a public forum, not so much. And we really recognize that every time we say what's on our mind and what we're really, what's on our heart too, we get uh, a lot of people saying that they're thinking the same and, and are so glad that we put a voice to that. So we know we're on the right track when it comes to just speaking our truth when we see that the way that it resonates with people. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I think that's really the thing that's been resonating with me in these past two years, just following along with her content. So for everybody who's like kind of unfamiliar with your brand, which I'm sure there are people out there who are, but everybody knows you. But tell us about (laughs) what it is that you guys do and a little bit about your brand philosophy, because I know you have this philosophy that every brand is a hospitality brand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of questions in there. So I mean, in terms of like, 
No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. I'm that way too. Like whenever I'm having a conversation with somebody, I'll like realize that I just add like four things (laughs) in one go. But yeah. Okay. So what is our philosophy? So, I mean, there's so many pieces to it and the hospitality element of it is something that actually has been with us since the beginning. And likewise, we didn't talk about it as much when we first got started because it just sort of felt like it was just kind of a part of, we were working with So to back things up a little bit, our background before we started the agency was very much in hospitality. So Frank was working, that's my husband and co-founder. Frank was working as a marketing director for hospitality, like a a restaurant group that had multiple restaurants and a hotel. And then I in the past had worked in restaurants as well, bartending, serving, worked in like a hotel environment for a while as well. So so just like kind of a passion and something that we had been exposed to a lot. And so it was always a part of the the client base that we had, the connections that we had, the way that we enjoy the world and spend time with the community was always going out to eat, having drinks, weekend getaways, that kind of thing. And we started to realize that this concept of hospitality really like connected um, with us, not because, you know, it has to be travel, food and drink, but because hospitality is really a mindset. It's a means of connection. It's the way that you engage and interact with your audience. It's so many things outside of maybe the word that we understand it to be. And so when we say every brand, the hospitality brands, we mean every brand has the opportunity to be a hospitality brand. And hospitality brands really know what they're doing when it comes to creating experiences that become destinations and become things that you want to write home about. If you think about it from the perspective of travel or even in this like Instagram age of people kind of cataloging space they want to check out because they've seen them, you know, online. These are opportunities that all businesses have. We can create that kind of hype. We can create that kind of connection from afar if our experience matches the promises that we're making to people. And that's really where that ethos comes from. Every brand can be a hospitality brand, but it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of will to connect with people in a way that is maybe not being done in your industry. I think that that sums up that side of things, (laughs) at least. No, yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's It's interesting that you bring that up. You know, what even is hospitality? Because everybody is going to have kind of slightly different experience with experiences with it, whether you come from an industry that is actually a hospitality industry or you come from something else like brand strategy and design or anything. Really, hospitality is kind of more of a value orientation than it is like a specific thing, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as well, like, you have to think about it from all sides too. It's like hospitality. If you actually think of like the meaning of the word, it's like someone treats you with hospitality. It's not like you, you I think where we assign hospitality to like an industry or to like a, the kind of business, but it's really more of like an action. It's like a verb to be hospitable. And I think that's really the type of conversation or the type of business that we engage most with is people who are interested in making people feel welcomed, making people feel being treated as guests rather than as customers and clients. And so that's something that we've really tried to explore more, especially in the last several months as we sort of like relaunched our business with a lot more of that hospitality messaging. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. For you guys, how did you decide to really start the creative agency? Because I know you said you came from very different backgrounds. And did it start out as a creative agency? I don't remember exactly what it was when I first started following you guys. Yeah, no, great question. So we do both have backgrounds in creative, in the creative space. Myself was more on the like public relations, marketing, always have been an artist. So anything kind of creative design related has always sort of been my side of the business. Whereas Frank, his background is journalism, photojournalism, and then like a bit later, marketing management. So we were able to kind of come together and have a lot of skill sets, even just between the two of us, between like copywriting, design. Frank like jokes that he was always like the tech guy at like any job that he had because people would just kind of need him to be as it goes when you're working in small business. And that's kind of the interesting thing is we both were working in small businesses in management roles when we first started the business. And a huge driver for why we recognized that we wanted to do this is because we were both in marketing roles where there just wasn't enough resource for us to make the kind of change that we wanted to within the business or for the businesses that we were interacting with and supporting to make their vision come to life because there was just no room to invest in the in like a large scale agency to support, yeah. for example, or when resources are stretched too thin, other things take precedence, right? And I mean, even I think as owning or as owners as a creative business, it's like can be really difficult to work on our own stuff, like to find time to actually create for ourselves, right? And so this is happening on a scale 
at every small business. And to think that even us who have the creative skill are struggling, imagine how it feels for people who don't have those skills and for people who don't have access to that for whatever reason. So we were really driven to create this business that could sort of serve as this um, middle ground between hiring someone in-house or having a large agency step in and really support people through that, the challenges of marketing. But it's not just the challenges of marketing. I want to kind of step back because when we first started the business, so yes, we were a creative agency. We were taking on like all kinds of like wild, ridiculous shit, <laughs> like great fun stuff, but just like random. Mm-hmm. Like we would like write emails for somebody. We would like do up some like quick event invitation. And I remember once there was like a fashion show locally that we were invited to just to like strictly post on Instagram stories. Like we were of the mindset of just like, we want this and we will say yes to anything that like kind of aligns with what we want to be doing just to sort of like get our name out there, help people and all of that. And so what we realized quite quickly in doing this was not so much that people are looking for creative support, but that they're looking for people to believe in what they envision, like actually being able to see their dream or their sort of 10 year plan and say like, yeah, you can do that. And better yet, we can help you do that. But even just the act of listening and asking the right questions and letting someone know that those dreams are valid is something that there there wasn't enough of in the space at the time. And we recognized that we sort of had a gift there. So this creative agency that was sort of a catch-all, do-anything-you-need agency started becoming known for having these big conversations or, or kind of like inspiring people to to speak about their dreams differently and look towards their dreams differently. And then as we began to evolve and continue having those conversations with our clients, we began sort of living that life in a way that I don't think we had expected to when we first started, but just starting to say yes to things, I think in part because that's in our nature to 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 leap and to be a little bit like take risks where it feels right to do so, where it feels aligned to do so, if you will. And then at the same time, engaging with all these other business owners who were just sort of starting to step into their own at that time was really inspiring to us too. So it all kind of like spiraled around that time. And I think that's really where now, if you look for it four years down the road, that's still definitely, I think what we are known for and what we are connecting with people most is this concept of like vision can become reality. There are actions that you can take to get there. And we sort of show and emulate that what's possible when you do start to make those moves. Yeah. No, I love that. And you touched upon something really interesting, which is just the idea that starting a business, nobody really gives you permission, but you kind of have to do your own thing and figure out what works for you. And sometimes that can feel like a really lonely process. And it sounds like from you guys starting out your business, it sounds like you had a really clear understanding of how that kind of works because you kind of started your business with this idea that you wanted to do something differently and you wanted to do something more. So it makes sense that people would be drawn to that energy and be able to like kind of dump all their vision on you and be like, help, how, why, where, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. I think it's interesting too, because So I know that this is something that we may get to a bit later, but this concept of like the why. And I think like with us, of course, as a business, we have a why, but we work with business all the time. And we ask them like, what's your why? Like, why are you doing what you're doing? And I think that it's something that's ever evolving. I think that like we always want to have an easy answer of like, this is my why. I did this because like, you know, this one event happened and it like inspired me forever. But I don't think that's necessarily true for everyone. And I think that there may be there's this like constant underlying why. But I think that like new drivers will reveal themselves as you get to know yourself more and as you get to know yourself as a business owner. And so well, we would often have these conversations with people and we would say, you know, like, OK, so what's your why? And they have this like really quick, like almost like a rehearsed response. And it's like, well, no, like what's like for real? Like if the sky was the limit, what would you be? Why did you do this? Like, why did you start this? What was the actual like dream? And I think a lot of times people don't really put a voice to that. Like they may know in the back of their mind, like, oh, well, you know, for example, if they have a blog, maybe they're like, one day I really want to have a magazine. And then they say it and they're like, (laughs) like, I can't believe I just said that. Like, but it's like there is, there's always like this sort of self and it's not selfish by any means, but there's like a self-driven why and um, why everyone does what they do and a lot of times it's this long-term vision that they're not necessarily speaking into reality and it will never happen if you don't speak it into reality and so we were able to just sort of be this like founding board and in turn a catalyst for people actually make changes in their lives because they were like okay now I've said it out loud like I guess I got to do something because these people are going to hold me accountable 
So I think that's a big part of yeah. it. Yeah, no, and that's a good point. Accountability goes hand in hand with support. It's not just, oh yeah, great. We're going to validate your feelings. We're also going to push you to actually do the things you said you wanted to do because we care about you. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you feel like that that kind of skill set of being able to really tap into the fact that that is a necessary thing. Do you think that that was always kind of part of your personality as a person, or is that something you developed as you started becoming this business owner? That's an interesting question. My like personal journey, I think, was like worth and being able to like believe in my own ability to actualize a life that I wanted definitely has been a rocky road to say that it was like something I think it's like there was always so it's really interesting I feel like now when I look at the business and where we're going and all the dreams that we have I like this is exactly what I wanted to be doing when I was like a teenager or even beyond that but I didn't know that there was like a route to it that wasn't maybe the more traditional route and I kind of thought that I missed the boat you know so like when I was right out of high school, I, I, I really wanted to do a fashion communication program. That was like my goal. I wanted to work as a magazine editor. I wanted to design clothes. I wanted to do like brand stuff, but like more on like the fashion side. And it was like fashion communication. I remember like some of the things we had to like design were like posters for events, like really funny things that I had never pursued like graphic design or anything like that in high school, just like art. I was always like a drawer. And so I put together my little application and I ended up just kind of like fucking off and not <laughs> applying on time. And not getting my application in and sort of self-sabotaging. And I didn't get into the program, obviously, because I didn't apply properly. And then I ended up going to the same school for a different program for marketing for a year. And I went to school, but I didn't really go to class. And I did not pass the year of marketing. And so I ended up just sort of being like, okay, I'm not going to do this. I like moved back closer to home, went to poli sci as my undergrad, random, just because I was like, okay, I think I could read these books and then like maybe get <laughs> Um, you know, so I was like, okay, I'll just do whatever and then I'll figure it out after. So super interesting. And I think that like through all those years, I, a lot of that I think was quite damaging to like my, my, I guess like fate that I was able to persevere or that I was able to actually follow through on something that I wanted really, or even just like get to the finish line of whatever that like dream was. And I mean, when you're young, that seems like it's everything. Right. Okay. And so it wasn't until later as I matured and you just kind of realize like you get second chances, right? I mean, you get as many chances as you want. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that applies to relationships, that applies to friendships, it applies to, it applies to work, it applies to everything. I think one of, like, one of my favorite quotes is like, you're never too old and you're not, and it's never too late. And I think it's just something that, anyways, I mean, that's a bit of a tangent, but needless to say, no, I don't think I always had the same like connection to possibility, but I think I always had this underlying feeling that there was more, like that there was more meant for me or that I was going to do something that was going to be really fulfilling. And I think, you know, you actually mentioned this earlier, but it's not so much about even the way that we like speak and, and the language that we use in our messaging. It's not about like innovation and being the next big thing and like completely changing the game. It's just about like being like, what if you just did it your way? And I think that that does definitely come from my experience growing up or even just my experience in the last 10 years of being like, OK, well, what if I do it my way? And I actually got there when I did it my way, not the way that I was told in school I needed to do it, not the university route or whatever it is that we're raised to believe we need to succeed. And I think that that's something that everybody can, I don't know, really harness nowadays. It's like you literally can do the things that you want to do. It's going to be hard and the route is going to be weird probably, <laughs> but, but it's available to you. And so... I think that's something that, yeah, I definitely just carry with me now. It's just like, let's just do it your way, whatever that looks like, right? That's what we want to talk, like, our, you know, that, those are the strategies we build for our clients. It's not do it our way or do it this one way or there's like a method. It's like, what's going to be most true for you? What's going to be most possible for you, most accessible for you? And then let's create a plan that supports that. Yeah, I feel like I really uh, went off track on that, but hopefully we came back around. No, that was perfect. I mean, it makes so much sense. It's like, like you said, it's not this challenge or this like we're going to do a thing. It's just starting with a question. And I love that because I feel like talking with so many of my clients, even they feel really intimidated by commitment, any kind of commitment to a certain brand ethos or commitment to a certain target audience or anything like that. And I love that you went the other way and you're like, I'm just going to ask the question and we'll see where the question takes me. I think that's a really good way to ease mm -hmm. into this idea of doing things the way that you ultimately want to. <laughs> 
Totally. And I mean, what you just said about this fear of commitment, this is the conversation that we have all the time, because I think that there's a misconception that business ownership or even creating a brand, launching a brand is like permanent, Mm -hmm. that there's like some desire to be like, or some like, I guess, pressure to remain constant in that. And I think it's because there's like this like huge, like, I don't know, capitalization on the term consistency. Like if you're consistent, everything will be okay. And it's really, I think, can be like, I don't know, it can be limiting to people. I think people get a, get fearful that they're like, well, I just have to be consistent. And then they think that means I just have to be stuck or I just have to get trapped in this one visual. It's one message. And I think it's really the evolution of brand businesses that's so inspiring to us. And ultimately, I think that's really like how you create something sustainable is being able to be nimble with it and be flexible with it. And I think that goes to like, like I said, with, with regards to your why, for example, it's like, it doesn't, you don't have to have the same why, like the why that you had when you were, you know, first getting started doesn't need to be the why that you have now. And just like the messaging you had when you were first getting started, does that be the messaging you have now? And I think it's like finding those through lines and those anchoring like purposes that you have, those are the things that stay consistent, but everything surrounding that and the way that you um, express it can so be subject to change and to shift. And I think it should be because that's what keeps things exciting. That And that's what keeps things different and driving forward and not just sort of falling into pattern that are comfortable because that's not always going to be what gets you where you want to go. Yeah. Well, and it's true. People change. So how do you expect your business to not change when you are the one running it? <laughs> like you're going to evolve. Your people are going to evolve. And of course, that's going to have an effect on your business. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I think too, like, there's just so, so much magic in that. Like, in how, how much more opportunity does it feel like you have when you think that you're not stuck in any one thing and you can actually change course? And I mean, I think even over the last years throughout the pandemic as well, I think there was definitely a, there was a new perspective placed on the idea of the pivot and the idea of changing course quickly and reactively. And that's not always the most comfortable, nor is it always the most ideal situation. But there's a lot of proof that it's possible, that you can do it and you can succeed. And you may actually find a route, I guess, that is not maybe what you imagine, but actually ends up suiting you in a way that you never could have expected, right? Yeah. Well, and it's true. And it's an uncomfortable kind of transitional period. I think it makes so much sense with what you're talking about is that it's this uncomfortable transition, but there's so much power and so much creativity to be found in those moments. But You might not feel free to pursue those avenues if you don't feel supported. And I feel like with what you were talking about earlier, that's a really pivotal role that you guys play in being able to interface with your clients and allow them to have that security to where they can ask those questions and they can start to pivot without feeling like they need to be, you know, in a certain box. So that's really awesome that you guys are able to really provide that for the people that you work with. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, I think it's like, Yeah, I think there's so many different pieces to it, right? I think it's like what you said is that so much of that. So I think it's it's one thing to really inspire people and say, you can do it, you can do it. But it's like, we we have to actually do something. Like there's an action that's related to this. You know what I mean? It's like dreaming, but then you got to like do the damn thing. (laughs) And I think that's what a lot of, what I think is missing in a lot of the messaging potentially, or even just a lot of the relationships that we hear of in the creative space is that it's one thing to say that we can do this together or encouraging people to do something, but it's like, what are the actual action steps that are going to get me there? And we offer, we, we just sort of have built collaborations that are really like responsive to that action side of thing, which I think is, it's just interesting. It's just something that we've kind of opened up and realized is really needed right now is that actual like supportive language and positivity but also like support support like let's do this like let's walk hand in hand toward that goal together yeah just more action oriented support that makes sense (laughs) what do you feel i mean this kind of ties in nicely with what i was about to ask which is like what are some of the specific pressures that you felt when you were building your business or that you see with the clients that you work with what are some of the you know outside influences that people are trying to put this pressure on you yeah I mean I think it's different I think it's different depending on where different depending on what you expose yourself to I suppose is one way to to put it but I think a lot of the pressure that you know we experience as business owners is self-imposed in ways but it's because of the being exposed to what's kind of out there in the world right now and I think especially when we look at the online space we see so many rules and like how to guide and should 
I know for, for yourself being in more of kind of like the course creation and coaching space too, like there's a lot of, or like working with people in that, those spaces, like there's a lot of people who are sort of just selling this idea that like, if you do it my way, it's going to work. And I think that that there's a lot of pressure created through that because people will sort of invest in something that they are told is going to be the answer. And then they don't realize that like they still need to be themselves to make it work. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that definitely be felt. And I think that so from where the pressure comes from, I think it's just being so immersed in media for work ourselves and being in being, you know, doing so much research on behalf of our own clients. Like we see how much sameness there is in every industry. And it's right <laughs> in ways, but more so, I think it, it results in this like oversaturation of businesses who are not necessarily. I mean, we shared something about this a while ago, and it's the idea that like good enough is not really good enough. And it's not that you have to be striving to be the most successful. It's just that you have to be doing the most when it comes to really caring about connecting with your audience and really caring about the conversations that you're having and doing so in a way that is not just thoughtful because it's going to help with your success, but because it's going to help with like your mental health. And I think that, but it's like, when you look at this sort of like oversaturation in the market and a lot of industries, creative industries, not exempt from this by any means, a lot of people doing the same stuff, producing similar things, offering similar services, having similar conversations. And what concerns me about that is not the oversaturation in itself, but the unfulfilled business owners that are going to be like that, that, that are behind those ideas or behind it's the people who are sort of chasing that sameness, thinking that it's going to solve something instead of looking inward at how they can just show up in a way that really feels right and how much that could change the trajectory of their life as a result. And so it's really making decisions that align with your vision and align with your life and not looking around at all the other things that are happening and all the noise that's happening as if it's going to be the solution. Yeah. So that's definitely something that I'm witnessing. And that I, I mean, I'm absolutely not beyond that same thing happening. I mean, I've been going through a lot of, I think just as it's the end of the year and you're starting to reflect on what's next. And I have definitely been feeling a lot of those pressures on, you know, okay, should we finally do that thing that everyone else is doing? Or starting to, to doubt that our path maybe is like, not necessarily doubting that, doubting our path, but just doubting that um, the things that we really want to do are possible because we're not seeing a lot of examples of those things. And that can often be, I think, it's like you talk about pressure to, I guess, just sort of like pressure to perform or to act in a certain way in business or to release your, or like live in your business in a certain way. And I think it's, it goes beyond just like pressure, but also it's like almost like proof. Like if you see other people doing it, you think, okay, I can do that. And it like instilled kind of like a false sense of belief in thinking that like, okay, well, they could do it. I can do it, which is true. And seeing people do things that are inspiring is huge, but it still needs to be done your way for it to really feel right and for you to be able to sustain it in a passionate way yeah no totally and you brought up a good point of like looking at other people and saying well obviously that works whereas if you are you have an idea in your mind of what you want to do and nobody else is doing it that can be really terrifying sometimes what do you feel are some of like the most common messages out there that you've had to kind of put the blinders on and not listen to like specifically <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> okay. One specific one is the, is like the very like classic thing. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And I think that that is, I think it's a very well-meaning statement, but I think that it leads to almost like a, a boundary setting that can be detrimental to creating a uh, possibility, to create an opportunity, I guess I should say. So when we say that, it's like, absolutely, you don't want to be saying yes to things that are going to make you feel crappy but you also don't want to wait until it's 100 percent hell yes i'm so in because like that those opportunities come very infrequently and you're not going to really learn anything or perhaps like step into something that could be like absolutely life-changing because you were waiting to feel like you were 100 percent it and so many decisions that we've made in our life we've made with like a lot of fear and a lot of like hesitation and they've ended up to be some of the best decisions that we've ever made so I think that there's some things like that that really hold people back. I'm trying to think of other ones, but that's the first one that comes to mind because that's one that I definitely have like the most issue with at the moment <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. I've never actually heard that, but it's true. It's super polarizing and 
polarizing can be good to create dialogue, but you still have to have the dialogue and see if there's any kind of gray areas that need teasing out within that. It's not just that, oh, it's either this or that and nothing else exists. It's like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And I think another one that is, I think, perhaps not necessarily like an industry myth, but just more of like a conversation that we get or that you hear a lot is like talking about this concept of mindset and like you have to change your mindset. It's all about your mindset. Like it's not all about your mindset. It's about a lot of other contributing factors outside of that. And I think that that's something that, you know, even in the conversations that we have with people, people often will say, oh, like, how do you stay so positive? Like, how do you work with your mindset? Like, how do you work on your money mindset? And it's like, it's not about that. Like, it's really about, it's about, I think, taking ownership over your decision. Mm -hmm more than it is about that there's some kind of like magic recipe to change your mind. It's really about like looking and I guess inspecting your actions in a certain way. Yeah. And I think often the people who you hear kind of saying that and having those conversations just aren't maybe necessarily acknowledging the different privileges that they've experienced, the different things that may have contributed to their success outside of that. And so it's something that we definitely try to avoid bringing into the conversation on our end and recognizing that there's a lot more that goes into making big shifts than just practicing some mindset work. Yeah. No, I totally agree. There is that messaging out there that it's all just mindset shifts and it's all manifestation and all this stuff. But, you know, there is that other aspect to it. And I think where it fits in, at least for me, is I always think as long as you have the mindset of I can handle everything and I can ask for help, then that's where the mindset Mm -hmm. kind of that's the role that it plays. Everything else is you doing the legwork and you asking help and support from the right people and not, like you said, not just kind of putting the blinders on and not falling into that comparison trap. Totally. And I mean, I think that's the thing, right? It's like, of course, so much, everything is like ideated. So like things are ideated in the mind. So there's obviously a component to it that is making sure that your thoughts sort of are aligned with your vision, but also aligned with your actions, I think more than anything. And I think too, beyond, beyond mindset and those conversations is really like building a community or finding a community where you could feel really empowered to like speak those things out into the world is super powerful. So, I mean, you mentioned manifestation, for example, and I think so much of that is actual, it's almost like actualization, right? Like actually being able to say like, for example, totally like random commercial example, but if you were like, Hey, I need to buy a car this year. And if you just like think in your mind over and over again, I need to buy a car, I need to buy a car. I think if you were to start telling everyone around you that you needed to buy a car, you're going to start feeling a lot more driven to do something about it. And I don't know if it's, I can't speak to the the psychology (laughs) behind it by any means, but I think I like to believe it's really just putting it out into the universe and not because other people validate you, but because other people can help you. There's other people out there that could potentially guide you towards opportunities that could get you what you're looking for. So as an example, from the you know podcast perspective, we a big goal of mine was to be able to speak on more podcasts and you know build out that, just be, just be open to those opportunities in the second half of the year. And so I actually started saying that, like, but just actually putting that out there. Um, and sure enough, all of a sudden people are saying, I know someone with a podcast or I'm thinking about coming out with a podcast. And it's just, you're, by speaking it out loud, it's not so much manifestation, I think, as it is resourcing. You're resourcing the community that you have. You're resourcing the network that you have. And you're giving people the opportunity to step up and help you. And you will never get that if all you do is think about it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that, like, you know, sometimes it can feel really shameful to ask for help, I think, sometimes for people, especially for me. Like, I feel a huge amount of pressure to always have the answers because I am in kind of a leadership role for my clients, you know. And so it feels almost like I shouldn't be asking for things or I shouldn't be asking these things and putting it out there. But you're absolutely right is that, you know, there's a huge amount of power and a huge amount of resources that come from just being connected and being vulnerable enough to say, I don't have the answers and being vulnerable enough to ask for help. So, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I do agree with that. And I think even health comes in so many different shapes too, right? And I think it's not accessible to everybody to just sort of scream from the rooftops what they want. Like they don't necessarily have the support system that's going to lift them up in that way, right? And it's like knowing when to ask for help and where to ask for help and who is really the right person to ask, I think can be a huge, I think there could be a lot of pressure there as a business owner as well and not knowing kind of what the next best step is or who the next 
best collaborator might be to get you where you want to go. And I think that that can be a barrier, definitely. Yeah, for sure. With your agency, like I've do, I've noticed kind of a development of this very specific and clear like aesthetic, especially your aesthetic has kind of changed recently. But I also feel like the tone of your posts and the tone of your content has gotten a lot more clear. Do you feel like that was an intentional thing or it was kind of an organic growth to kind of come to that point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think definitely it, it's been organic. I think when it comes to the visual side of things, I think we, it's so interesting. It's like what I had mentioned before. I think like when we started, of course, we wanted to, we wanted to be liked. Everyone wants to be liked. You know, I think that that's something that's important to just like call out is that like it's can feel a lot easier to go along with that and create visuals that feel like they fit with the trends or they fit with the norms or you know people are going to share it because it looks cute on their feed. And I think that there was a lot of perhaps like watering down of things because of that, like of wanting to make sure that it just felt really seamless and it wasn't going to be off-putting or polarizing like you mentioned too. But what we've really learned is like, the fires and being polarizing, like that's where we get excited, you know? And at the end of the day, you find alignment with people who want to have the same conversations and who are not afraid of something that looks a little bit different or, I don't know, maybe just a little bit less expected. And I think that when it comes to the way that we write and the way that we share, so everything on social media, and I write myself. And so it's interesting because like there has been no change like in, in a in an applied sense. Like it's not like someone else has come on and started helping. It's always been me from the very beginning. And I think it's a matter of sort of finding my voice. And I think you find your voice when you find people that listen to it. <laughs> and I think it's interesting because I think that it's a really good example of how it feels for our clients as well. And I'm sure you experience this too in working with people and giving them when you create for somebody, whether it's strategy, whether it's messaging, whether it's visual, like you are giving a voice to their vision or you're giving a visual to their vision. And I think that that is something that adds or kind of instills a lot of confidence in people. And I think um, we're just experiencing that for ourselves more than anything over the last few months, because we're like, oh, like this is what it feels like to actually know 100% that you're in the right path or that you're 100% having the conversations you want to be having and knowing who we're trying to attract with them as well. And I think knowing who you want to attract and who you want to repel in business is very important in having the confidence to show up in a way that feels absolutely true. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And do you feel like now that you kind of have this really clear vision and this really a clear voice, do you feel a change in who is starting to approach you as inquiry? inquiry? <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. It's really interesting. We were having this conversation just recently because so just to add a little timeline to it, as we chat, we had the we like did sort of a rebrand, a more official rebrand of our own business, which I wouldn't even call necessarily a rebrand, but a refocusing, a reset of just being super clear on who we wanted to attract with messaging we wanted to have. We launched a new website at that time. We also announced our team more formally for the first time after working with most of them for the majority of the year. And in doing so, we had to get really clear on those things. And so in terms of recognizing who we wanted to attract, so we launched this was in August and we initially had been like, okay, we really want to attract like hospitality brand. We're thinking travel, we're thinking, and we're thinking, it's funny. It's like, we're thinking in a very like uh, reductive way, I guess. Like, oh, we're going to attract restaurants. We're going to attract food products. Like thinking of these very kind of like traditional specific industries, which I think is like normal. I mean, I think it's important to do that, right? We only kind of can resource what we know or have experienced in the past. And in the past, those were the kind of hospitality brands we had worked with and enjoyed and we wanted more of them. And that's great. But what's actually ended up happening is we've had a lot of clients over the last several months who have come to us who are developing these really incredible travel experiences that was never kind of on our radar of something that we would specifically want to be attracting, but it's so aligned. And I think it's a really good example of just like staying open and recognizing that like what it is that you're kind of putting out into the world or speaking to the world is going to come back, but maybe not always in the way that you expect. And you have to be willing to kind of shift, I guess, your expectations. But so that's been something that's really interesting. I would say 100% over the last like two to three months, we've really started to see people reaching out who are specifically calling out the fact that they love that we talk hospitality. They love that we have experience in hospitality. They want to instill that hospitality mindset 
and even some people who are not necessarily in that industry, but who absolutely want to work with us on customer experience, on like marketing and implementation strategy, which is something that we did not get a ton of inquiries for prior, but has always been a big passion of ours. And now it's like, I don't know, 80% of the projects we're working on right now, which is so interesting. We really didn't see that happening, but it was really just a matter of like starting to put it out there, having it more present on a website, making it known that that was something that we were passionate about. So I think 100%, yes, I have seen a big change in the type of people we're attracting as we get more clear on what we want that to look like. Absolutely. That's super interesting because honestly, like looking at your content, you guys talk about travel so much. I'm surprised that that hasn't come up as much as I would have expected because I I think back when I was doing the Instagram challenge, you guys were in Canada still. And then you guys went down to Mexico and that was a huge shift that you were talking about. And then now you guys are back in the States. Is that correct? Yeah. So yeah. And I, I do think actually like it's important to note too, like The hospitality industry obviously was hit in a really immeasurable way throughout the pandemic. So I think that had all of this happened in our business maybe a year before, we probably would have been working with brands in that space maybe sooner. But now it's more, I think there's been a big, there's becoming a little bit of a resurgence of people who are feeling inspired to start businesses in that space again. And I think that it had something to do with it too. But yeah, anyway, as far as the move and all of that, yeah. So we're originally from Canada. Like we started our business in Hamilton, which is small town outside of Toronto. And it's for the first three years, we lived there, we worked there, we traveled absolutely as for leisure and for inspiration, but we had always planned to move outside of Canada at some point. We didn't know when that was going to be happening. We didn't know where we were going to be going, but it was, that was the vision, the, the like low key vision. And then we started, of course, like shocking about it. And sure enough, the opportunity arrived uh, or arose. And so, yeah, so we ended up purchasing um, a property in Mexico last summer. So summer 2020 which is a wild thought, but <laughs> we purchased a property in Tulum, Mexico, and, and we moved down there just a couple months later, and we lived there for eight months, renovating it and getting it ready to launch. And so while we were doing that, we were still operating the agency full-time, everything, but that was when we moved our business fully remote. And so we've only been now working fully remote as a business from pretty much from like spring, summer 2020 onward, at first by necessity, and then eventually by choice because of moving. And so then after the swim club, which is the name of the Airbnb, it was ready to launch and launched it. And since then we've been sort of between LA as well as visiting home in Canada briefly. And we're going to be heading back to Mexico um, pretty soon too, for another couple of months. So we're kind of just like playing around right now with our location and our end game. But we are definitely, definitely the goal will be to, to put down more roots in LA for the long term and have this be sort of a creative hub for us. We have a team in New York City as well. So spending more time there is really important to us. But sort of working out the logistics of all of that as we do and thinking about what the next steps look like from the, the hospitality and, and rental perspective side as well. So I think the year ahead is going to be an interesting one. At least. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I keep seeing all of your content like in different places and I'm like, oh, d- are they going somewhere again? Oh, are they going somewhere? And I never can tell where you are. I'm like, OK, whatever. But they're always like, you know, it's always like that. old like <laughs> location stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear that because I think that's something that's really interesting. Like when it comes to like what we really like we've talked so much about like, oh, what do you do differently? How do you sort of stand out in your faith and all that? And I think, you know, for us, what we really do or just what it's just the way we live our life in a more, in a way that allows us to experience things and just really looking to sort of find the creative, the creative, you know, hubs wherever we visit and really kind of having conversations with real business owners in real life and going into spaces and absorbing those spaces and then sharing them with the community as well is such an important part of being able to I guess, express our perspective in a way that's not so obvious, but more so in a just like, look what we're seeing. We want you to see it too. Here's what we think about it and how it sort of changes our perspective in the way that we do work, right? Yeah. No, that's super cool. And like, so when it comes to all of this travel and when you're in this kind of creative field where you're really passionate about the work that you're doing, how is it that you can set boundaries around your work so that you have the freedom that you want in your life? Because I know that you guys, you travel all over the place. I can't imagine that you want to be spending all of that time just working when you're like on the plane or whatever. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, I will tell you, it's not a perfect science. We have definitely, I don't think there's any like perfect recipe for it, but I think learning is a big part of it. And just every single time we go on a trip, 
We learned something different about the way we work. We learned something new about, you know, should we have scheduled calls that week? Probably not <laughs> or whatever. Like we always kind of have some kind of a lesson and then you just, all you can really do is do it differently the next time. But I think in terms of some big, like big, I, I don't know if it would be a boundary necessarily, but some really like non-negotiables for us when we're traveling and working, I suppose is a good way to say it. So we definitely, definitely try to release the pressure to like have the routine be the same. And I think that's something that it's always been really challenging for me because I'm a very routine oriented person, especially at home. I wake up at 5 a.m. I do my journaling. I like start work at like 630 in the morning, which is like, I know some would not see it as the most balanced, but for me, that's when my brain feels most fresh. I love it. I'll often end work a little bit earlier, just kind of feel it out. But that routine is a big part of my productivity. It's a big part of my creativity. And you realize when you're traveling that that's not always possible. There's time changes, there's hotel breakfast, whatever it is. And so releasing that pressure to kind of perform at the exact same capacity that I do in my day to day has been like a really big game changer and just being able to give myself a little bit of grace and just say, it's different. We're living different right now. And all the experiences we are having are going to produce creativity, but just in a different way. And so I think that's a big part of it as well. But then at the same time, like pretty, pretty simple things like look for, you know, if we're going to be staying in a hotel, for example, it's like look for a place that has a designated desk at minimum so that you can kind of sit and work and then you can put your work away. And that's the same kind of rules that were rules. I hate to say the same kind of you know, rhythm that we try to follow at home is like, we work from home, we've worked from home since day one. So we know that it's really important to like, purposefully separate work and life. And I mean, not to mention we are in a relationship together, we're married, and we own a business. It's very hard to separate work and life to begin with. And so how can we kind of create those physical separation by way of actually picking a time to shut down and when we first started to travel a lot, we totally would like try to work at the bar, we would bring our computers everywhere, we would always want to be on and like, felt like that was like such a glamorous part of the life but we realized that we just were soaking up the experiences and the reason why we travel is to be inspired and have conversations and if we're sitting at our computer we're not getting enough out of it so trying to kind of de dedicate that time to work that you need to to feel on top of things and feel confident and comfortable but not pushing it to the point that you actually miss out on the point of travel which is to be immersed and engaged in what's happening around you right yeah yeah i can't i so I live in Hawaii and like here, travel going anywhere is a nightmare because you can't just like drive to the next island over. It's like, okay, we're going to have to get on a flight and like, okay, and then we're going to have to get another flight. And then after that, you don't really know what like the COVID situation is and the places that you're going to. And I can't even imagine how difficult it would be to try and run my business while traveling and also still enjoy like being somewhere new. It's amazing that you guys are able to like mm -hmm. do that. And like you said, being in a relationship with the person that you're running your business with, it's hard to like separate out what's life and what's work and still have that kind of honest and open communication and like partnership. So that's really, really amazing. <laughs> Totally, totally. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's twofold. It's like, we are so lucky that we understand it both equally. You know what I mean? Like we're both in this together. We totally get it. We have the same level of commitment to the business. We have the same level of passion for the business. And so it allows us to work really well together, but also like unplug well in a way that we are able to sort of like, like trying to think of a good way to say it, but it's like, even though, you know, we may not be working, we're both still consuming and engaging with the world and we're able to have conversations that are really inspiring, but not draining because it's not about work in like the traditional sense. You know, it's not maybe not about client work, but it's about looking around and thinking like, wow, wouldn't this be such a cool idea? And we get so much like energy from that still. So it's like, even though, yes, we have to create boundaries, we also have to recognize that we began this business with passion. We've lived a life that's like our life is so intertwined and interconnected with the business in the ethos of the business from the hospitality perspective, from the travel perspective, and to embrace that as well and just recognize that like those are the conversations that we're going to be having at the dinner table because that's who we are and that's what we built and that we wouldn't have it any other way. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, talk about a personal brand, right? <laughs> so yeah, totally. So I like the idea of when we have these kinds of open conversations about what your business looks like for you and how it might differ for, from somebody else. Can you give us kind of a blueprint? Because it's, I think it is really important for people who are out there who don't really necessarily know what they want their business life to be like, to have some kind of an idea of what's possible. So what is your 
ideal work day and your typical work day. Walk us through it. <laughs> so funny. I love this question because I think that it's so interesting because I think that there's like as far as so I think that this is actually a good conversation to have. It is not necessarily in the design industry, but in the sort of creative and like digital nomad space in general. I think there's this idea that like you can, you know, live a certain way and be on the beach in the morning and taking a call in the afternoon. And like, we do not do it that way. <laughs> we have a very, like I said, a very routine oriented. I love to have time at my desk. I'm, I'm, for me, I need a quiet space to create and then I can compartmentalize it and move on and enjoy. So in terms of like what an ideal day looks like for us when we feel like we're really you know, doing a great job. It's being able to wake up feeling like we had a great sleep. I love to wake up super early. Like I mentioned, I like to be up before everyone else in the house. So usually I'm up like a good like two hours before everyone else and then have like a nice quiet time. Then we sort of get to it and start. Usually we'll start the day with just a quick like chat, like what's everybody doing? It's actually interesting. So me and Frank married and then we have a roommate, Sandra, who also works with us. So she's our director of office of hospitality. So the three, we joke, we like live in like a startup incubator. <laughs> so we have to like ultra, ultra try and separate work and life as best as possible. And so by the time everyone's woken up, we all kind of have like different morning routines. So by the time we all kind of come together at nine-ish, we will chat about what's going on for the day. We get to kind of put our heads down, get some work done. But we're lucky to finish up a little bit early and then we'll end up usually um, heading out to like a uh, wine bar. Our favorite day of the week is Wednesday because we have a tradition every Wednesday. We do like a wine Wednesday. We try a different wine bar. And so we usually wrap up the day there, hang out. We kind of just chat. And we all love to like have our own little like fitness routine. So sometimes we'll go for like a night hike together. And really, it's it's pretty simple. I think that that's kind of the beauty of it right now is like there's so much. It's funny. It's like the way we the way I explained it, it sounds so kind of nine to five standard. And in some way it is, but I think what's really beautiful is the freedom. Like you mentioned, it's like, that's a work day. But if we have to get on a plane the next day, we can put our out of office on and we can go and do that. And we can spend our time hanging out in the airport and then landing and enjoying a dinner out where we go the next day. And I think having that ability to adapt our lives and our schedule to what we want to be doing in that moment is really the, the most powerful thing about what is possible when you are living in a business that is aligned with your vision. And I think right now, we have a team to manage. We have many clients on the go. So being plugged into a degree is really important, but is that always going to be the case for us? Probably not. And that's the kind of business that really fills my cup is the knowledge that we're not stuck in any one thing. We can lean into whatever feels good in the season and we can also shift and try something new. And I mentioned that the next year is going to be looking quite different for us. And I, we have some ideas on what that might look like, but I can definitely see us kind of shifting again and having a different lifestyle for certain periods of time. And I think that that's what makes it really special is that we will always have that option. That's really cool. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I've seen so many digital nomad accounts where it's like, I am on my laptop at the pool and I'm like, don't dunk your laptop in the so pool, bad. please. No. <laughs> so, it's so bad. I know that's like when we were living in Tulum, I was seeing that all the time. Like so many people be like, at the beach with their laptop, like, don't bring your laptop to the beach. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The laptop stays at home. The laptop stays at home. But it's the beauty of it is then we get to go and enjoy the beach. And I think that's really like the key to travel, right? It's like one of our favorite little routines, actually, I'll share this too, is when we were living in Mexico, we had a, we, like I said, very routine oriented. So we like to like make little goals. So we have a goal, like every Thursday morning, we watch the sunrise. So we would all pile into the car, 5 a.m., drive down to the beach, watch the sunrise be home at, you know, at the desk with coffee by like eight, but just having that little moment to, to kind of make time to immerse in what was available to us was like really a gift. Yeah, that's so cool. And I love that idea that your routines are there not to really hold you back or to compartmentalize you, but it's really there to give you the freedom to live your life so that you can make those changes and you can take off the next day and go travel. That's awesome. Yeah. And accountability, I think as well. Like, I think we have to remember that, like, I, when you are the owner of a business and you're running a business full time, it can consume you in the same way that playing hard all the time can consume you. And so we have to look at it like that balance is by design. It doesn't just happen because we could easily work until eight o'clock every night if we wanted to. The work doesn't end. Yeah. We have to choose to step away. And I think that's why those little routines exist that are the ones that actually keep us kind of in balance. Those are the most important ones. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So 
You mentioned already, we kind of talked about the why. What is your current why? Because you had a really, really great point, which is that your why can shift from any given moment. So what is it now? So the, the constant for us, which has definitely changed in application, but not so much in the spirit behind it, I guess, is that this idea of really showing people or trying to ignite something in people that helps them realize what's possible for them. So when we see that light bulb go up and we see that someone recognizes what's possible, that's the most magic moment for us. And I think that it comes true in the creative work that we do and that we can show our clients that their vision can become a reality. We can really create that with them. But also mostly, I think, in the way that we live and share our lives. And that is going to be the why for us in all our endeavors, because yes, we're a creative agency, but we're so many other things as well. And this concept of possibility is what kind of goes through all of those things. And even when we look at the swim club, for example, and the Airbnb, why did we create that? Why did we create the space in the way that we did? And it was so that other people could use it as a destination for possibility, a place where they could go and feel like they could take time for themselves to actualize their dreams. They could take time for themselves to re, you know, reset or whatever it is that they need. And just being able to have this sort of like open, natural, really like minimalist space where it feels like the world just like opens up for you when you actually give yourself that time and space, I think in some ways. And so that's a big, that's a big element to that. But I think ultimately in this way that we view and experience the world, navigating being business owners, navigating being in a relationship, showcasing the journey of actually opening that business. It's this idea of like driving people to lean into possibility and that sometimes seeing someone else walk the walk and seeing someone else doing those things is enough to actually make the decision to leap yourself. And so we love to encourage this idea of like leaping. And like I mentioned, it's like dreaming, but but doing Mm -hmm. and just being really open and honest about what that looks like. And when I say, I mean, I think why, again, like, I feel like it's such a loaded question because there's so many ways to answer it. It's like, <laughs> why? It's because we want people to know that they can. We want people to know that we're there to support them through it. And then equally, there's like that, there is always sort of that underlying self-motivated why, which is to create freedom and possibility for ourselves as well and for whatever comes next for us. So I think it all ties into that concept really nicely, but I do think it's a really hard question to answer. (laughs) Yeah, no, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like you're creating this freedom and this possibility for your clients, but you're also creating it for yourself at the same time. And so that makes a lot Mm -hmm. of sense, having that through line with both of you guys. And really, ultimately, it makes it so that whoever you're attracting, they're resonating with that concept, whether it's because they see you having that in your business or they see you building that for your clients. That makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I mean, I think, again, there's also so many other pieces to it and, you know, which we haven't even really gotten into today, but just the sense of community and being able to sort of extend past what's expected in the industry and our industry and being able to have, you know, a nimble and remote agency that supports people in ways that are more robust than an agency of our size maybe traditionally could because we are remote, because we travel, because we consume and experience the world and build the relationships that we do as well. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of sides to it, but yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back to talk more about the community aspect of it all. (laughs) All righty. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but what is something that you would say for anybody who is in that position where they are either just starting out a business or they have a business and it just doesn't really feel aligned with who they are? What's your encouragement for them? I think listening to the places where you feel the resistance and not being afraid to release those things. I think that that can be one of the biggest, one of the biggest barriers that we sometimes get trapped in, in feeling that you're out of alignment is this fear of making a change to put yourself into a space that feels better. And just really recognizing that like very small decisions can put you back on that path that feels like everything just flows really freely. I think it feels really hard to be living out of alignment and it feels really hard to be in a business that is not serving you. We've supported so many business owners who are just trying so hard to keep up. And I'm so compassionate towards that feeling because we live in a world that's designed to make us feel like we have to, but then it's an uphill battle. 
And business doesn't have to be that. And life doesn't have to be that. And I think as soon as you recognize what you really want to be doing and how you really want to be showing up from a place of genuine passion and purpose, things start to flow. Positive experience, more income, clients who feel like they really resonate fit well with you. Um, And I think, you know, maybe I don't know if that's necessarily the most tangible of advice, but I think what it really comes down to is listening to the areas where it doesn't fit right and not trying to push through them. Instead, try to kind of rearrange things in a way that allows you to flow freely toward the direction that you want to be in, even if it's a very small decision. That could really change course in a big way. I love that so much. And it's so true. Like, I will say for me, the thing that taught me that specific lesson was actually roller skating. And like, I am not a super athletic person and I'm not a dancer. So it was a really unique thing for me to learn. And the biggest thing I had to realize was noticing when there is resistance. Like you said, if there's resistance in my wheels, if there's resistance in where my pressure is being applied, then I really need to let off and let it go with the flow, you know? And so sometimes we think, oh, there's resistance. I need to force my way through it and I need to persevere. And, you know, the struggle is real. And sometimes it's actually the opposite. It's sometimes we just need to like, go, okay, this is an indication that I need to reevaluate and maybe adapt a little bit and be a little bit more free flowing. So I love that advice. Totally. (laughs) I love that metaphor though. That's like such a good example. And I think one thing that I learned that I mean, this is actually a bit more of a tangible application of it. But what I learned is that like I was creating a lot of resistance in our business in a lot of ways, especially as our team was growing. We've talked a lot about this throughout this conversation and this concept of asking for help and asking for support and remembering that like if you're creating a business it's not just the creative agency that you hire that's going to want to support you it's the people that already work with you that want to support you sometimes there are barriers that we've created that are creating resistance from allowing that support to really have the impact that it can and so sort of stop being the bottleneck and releasing some of those barriers that we create some of that resistance that we create because we're unwilling to release certain things or because we're unwilling to see things from a different perspective and actually change course in a way that could be really positive, but we're sort of stuck or feeling set in the one way that we've always done things. I think that can be a really, really positive and powerful too. So the roller skating metaphor made me think of that. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like having people to be there and kind of be sounding boards for you and to just feel comfortable having those conversations, even if you don't have all the answers and all of that stuff, I think totally crucial. So I have one last question before we head out, and this is just for my own curiosity, but how on earth do you create all of your Instagram content so consistently for yourself and not just be like, I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, it's so funny that you asked that because like I'm so in like um, in a period of writer's block this week, I feel, but I will tell you my hot tip. It's just to really keep track of like every weird little thought and musing that you have wherever you are. I treat my little phone like a little like notepad. And then I will, if I have just like half a thought or like a couple words that come to mind, just put it in the notes. And then later I'll go back and revisit it and shape thoughts out of it. And always, 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 there's so many things that end up in the notes that never get said because not every idea is a good idea. <laughs> But it's very important to reflect on whether it's still relevant, whether the people who we want to talk to are going to want to hear it. And then sometimes when I'm feeling the most blocked and I cannot come with anything or I, I feel like I've like run the well drive, Frank and I will pour a couple dots of wine, stand around the kitchen table and basically just go on a rant about <laughs> like what we are loving about the industry, what we're hating about the industry, what kind of experiences we've had that have been really interesting, what have been really bothersome and often amazing ideas come out of that. So I always will um, recommend a big vent sesh if you're feeling like it's hard to come up with things to say, because the things that you will say behind closed doors are things that you should be saying in public, 100%. Oh my God, I love that tip so much. And it's so awesome that you have like that built in, like, hey, we need to vent. That's like part of our process. Yeah. I need to do more of that. Yeah, we're very lucky. <laughs> we, we. Yes, it's so key. Well, if you ever need anybody, you hit me up because I'm <laughs> one of my favorite things. It's so important. So many good ideas come from just being candid. That's the thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And just being candid with people who aren't going to censor you or aren't going to make you feel no, like they're judgment. uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you so, so much for joining me. I'm really glad that we were able to do this because I know it's been kind of a long time in the making, but is there anything that you want to plug? I know you guys have like your, your membership course and you have all these different projects that you have going on with this new year coming up. So plug away. <laughs> I have some things coming up, but I feel like, I, you know what, I'm just at the moment, I feel like I've been a period of just like letting it just chill for a minute. So I won't say too much, but we do have some really exciting things coming up in the new year. We will be announcing an opportunity to work with us in a kind of group education capacity, talking all about brand hospitality and how to really weave an incredible customer experience into your business in a way that feels extremely aligned. And all of the things that we've chatted about today will definitely play a role in that. And beyond that, I mean, looking to more opportunities to expand on our hospitality side, as well as bringing a little bit more of sort of a lifestyle element into our brand as the year progresses. But who knows what will happen? I'm just speaking it into, uh, speaking it into existence today. But if you do want to connect with us and, you know, hear some of the conversations that we're having around living life in a um, sometimes risk-taking but always rewarding way, you can find us at Osierra Creative on Instagram. That's where we've been most active. And our website is osierra.ca if you want to learn a little bit more about what we do as an agency as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Xanthi. And yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back to talk about community maybe next year or something. <laughs> absolutely would love that would love that and who knows where we'll be next year so <laughs> could be really fun to reflect on that so thank you so much for having me Shana it was really awesome to get to know you through all this and chat and hopefully we can connect again yeah. under other circumstances soon as well yeah alrighty thank you Thank you for hanging with us on another episode of the Imperfect Professional Podcast. This podcast is hosted by me, Shana Nacion. Audio editing is by Cassie McFarlane. Theme music is by my brother, Maluhia Music. And special thanks to all of our incredible guests who are willing to share their stories and support this project. If you'd like to share the story behind your business, send us an email at info at imperfectpod.com or send me a DM on Instagram at Shana Nacion Design. If you're interested in advertising with us, you can send us an email too. That's info at imperfectpod.com. We'll see you soon.